Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa and I am joined today by my uh, temporary co-host Barb Lynn. Yay! Say hi Barb. Hi Barb! And so we are here outside Fantastic Fest 2023 in lovely Austin, Texas. That's a lie. It is hot as fuck. It's like 90 degrees right now and it's 8 p.m. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking gross out here. It was 102 and I feel insulted by that. But other than that, Movies are good. Movies are good. So, and they're air conditioned, so it's freaking great. Yes. So, we are uh, midway through day three at the moment of day four. Day four. Oh my god, it blurs together. Uh, day four. Uh, so, we have done three movies today. You've done two, right, Barb? Correct. Yeah. And then uh, we've got a couple more tonight after we record this. So, uh, to start off, I was the one between the two of us that had an 11 a.m. Yes. So, I will briefly talk about that. I think it's my favorite of the festival so far. It is a movie called River. Oh, yes. And it's by the folks who made another favorite of mine, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. One of my favorite films of the last couple years. So, uh, that team is a, is a a Japanese theater group in Tokyo who during the pandemic decided to make this little movie called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes which is you know tiny cast brilliant concept really super funny and absolutely delights pretty much everybody who watches it River is another one yes like that they have is this it a one shot kind is, of is Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes a one shot yes yeah. yes it is yeah. Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes is, is a time travel movie done as a one shot and it's amazing Um, so yeah put that on your list if you haven't seen that That, it's fairly easy to find nowadays to to watch but River same people a little bit more money a little bit larger cast and it's like they are using the same tools in the toolbox very clearly and uh, but they have built in a lovely emotional core and it is such a sweet movie. There's like just magical little moments about it. Yay! And it's also really fucking hilarious. Ah. Um, so the concept is there is a tiny little Japanese spa. They have like a couple of little rooms where they'll serve your food. There's a there's a hot spring, and uh, so there's a small crew of like a couple waitresses and a manager, and and then there's a kitchen across the street that makes the food, and they've got a couple chefs over there. Yeah. And the the town it's in is like a one street town. There's a couple of places to either side. There's a temple across the street, just a tiny little place. Yeah. And there's a river running behind the restaurant. Okay. And day starts out normally, and one of 
the uh, the waitresses and serve uh, who serves the food and takes care of guests goes down by the river for a moment and she closes her eyes and she opens them up and then starts walking up the stairs to you know check on some guests and then two minutes pass and suddenly she's back by the river but she remembers everything. Ooh. So, so she runs back into the building like, what the heck? And and this happens a couple times, and everybody else, it, it's happening to too. But they don't remember. They do know. It. Oh, okay. They everybody is learning, even though they're leaping back in time. So, at each reset, everybody has to scramble to to, to meet each other. And there's like, okay, here's what I think is going on. Oh no, we're gonna reset. <clears throat> Okay, uh, run with. Okay, next time we meet over here, and then and they're all trying to work together to figure things out, oh, to cute. figure out how to process what what is happening, um, figuring out their. You know, some people get really anxious about it. Some are like, "This means I don't have to meet my deadline." Fling the laptop out of the window. The laptop's back two minutes later. You yep. know that sort of thing, and it is absolutely lovely. It is so cute and so sweet um, because as everybody is going through these time loops, they're Don't some say of them. Too much. Are, yeah. I'm gonna see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they're they're finding new ways to communicate with each other, and it's it's very sweet. It's very sweet. Yay! And uh, it's a lovely location. It's it's very beautiful. Oh, good. So it's it's this lovely little trinket of a movie, and uh, every two-minute reset it's a single shot mm. so it always starts with her by the river and it follows her where she goes and then the action goes from there it's pretty great I really like it and and it it you see every single moment of every single reset so awesome. it's kind of like real time even though it's not yeah yeah so anyway I really loved it I really loved it so you in second slot, did you what did you see? I forget. I saw acid. Acid! Tell yes. me about acid. So acid um, is it's actually a full-length feature that started as a short okay. in either 2018 or 2000 and played at Fantastic Fest either in 18 or 19. Okay, okay. Um, but people liked it. I don't uh, they I don't enough and so they did like a full feature on it. It nice. was um, the the basic premise is you you have a mother and a father who are um, racing against time to try to get to their daughter uh-huh. um, because she's at boarding school and we have polluted and destroyed the earth so much that the water is becoming so acidic it is actually like starting to impact the world. Oh wow! Um, okay, and yeah. all of that acidic water is being sucked up into clouds and so then you have acid rain clouds that are starting to form across the across the world uh-huh. and you you see a little bit of the impact at the very beginning like some crops are dying some animals are dying and as you're kind of running into that like the rain cloud a little bit more frequently yeah. you see it's getting worse okay okay um, and and so it's it's very much a dystopian future, but 
frankly, probably not that far away from a real yeah. future. I mean, acid rain was a thing in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> and still um, is, honestly. Right, exactly. Um, but like, they're, so, so yeah, so that's, that's the kind of premise. And so then you okay. follow them as they are traversing and trying to get to safe locales and what does that mean for them and their right. relationships and people that they meet along the way and everything like that. So nice. um, it was really well done. It was very serious okay. and very much, for lack of a better word, like a downer, uh-huh. but like it was still really well done. Okay. And so like still very enjoyable, even though it was like, like heavy material. Right. So, um, Nice. So, yeah, so that was nice. All massive. right, all right, awesome. I saw Crumb Catcher. Okay. And I'm not sure I liked it, but it was a very, it was a solid film. Okay. Um, the setup is, there's a lot of home invasion movies happening that There's this a fest. lot of home invasion, there's a lot of bugs. There I'm are a lot of bugs. All the bugs. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this one, yes, it's, it's a kind of a home invasion thing. So, there's this young married couple literally we meet them at their wedding and uh he is uh just getting ready to publish his first book he comes from a very poor background uh there there is some sort of severed relationship with his dad they didn't invite dad to the wedding that sort of thing and she is this ambitious uh publisher who met him during negotiations with the book yes. and so she's supporting him getting it published and all that ah. stuff and they have married and you can tell there's already some friction in the relationship right uh like he has an alcohol problem and you know they're trying to figure un- untie yeah. this mess yeah and there's there's friction about the wedding they're like we should have eloped that they were kind of oh. talked into the wedding and they just kind of hightail it out of there after there and uh they're honeymooning at like a little uh, little house in the woods owned by her like executive publisher. Oh, okay. So they're borrowing this very lovely house full of modern arts and uh, you know, they're out in the woods and yeah. it's really nice. Well supposed to be in romantical but uh, invasions. Yeah. Yeah. So there two people show up. Okay. Um, one there's this waiter who is the sort of person that you meet and they don't stop talking oh. and that you cannot escape them. Yep. And he was at the wedding. He accidentally lost the, the top of their wedding cake. And and so he, he kind of stalks them to bring them their wedding topper and then he won't leave. Okay. And then it turns out his wife is in the car too. And then, so, and they're like, worming their way into the house and not leaving and it gets weirder and weirder and weirder and um there's some uh, a couple of like absurd elements about it but you know it's more kind of grounded and yeah yeah but it's um yeah i i I'm not quite sure why I didn't really connect with it, but it is a skillfully made film. Yeah. And it is a film that is very... It, it, you can tell it's one of those films that's like, these people worked on this for like four years mm. to make it 
to to make this thing and get it out there yeah. and uh it's been honed perhaps maybe too much uh, <laughs> yes. yeah gotcha, so gotcha. they got i think they got a little bit maybe that's it maybe they got a little bit too up their own ass but uh but still you know they're uh uh small filmmakers and it is a very solid good looking movie and I wish them the best great yeah yeah and the me not liking is like literally just me not liking yeah. it that's Listen, just me um, not everyone needs to like everything like yeah. I do yeah <laughs> I, I am a perpetual optimist and will always find the good in anything and that yeah. includes shitty movies oh yeah yeah I mean I love I love yeah. shitty movies and you know that it's like yeah this is it's just you like what you like yeah mm-hmm. and I I can totally see other people enjoying it so yeah. anyway uh, moving on from there uh, the the time slot that we both just got done with yes. and then we'll be all caught up yes. awesome uh, you saw wake up, wake up. okay yes. So this is by the same trio um, of the, the um, RKSS that did um, We Are Zombies. We Are Zombies. That I saw yeah. last night. Yeah. Um, they are delightful um, Canadian, Quebecian, uh, energetic. I want to like take all three of them home in my pocket type of a situation. <laughs> They're just the best. Um, uh, for for listeners who don't know, they are RKSS are two guys who were best friends growing up. Yes. And they married each other's sister. They fell in love with the other's sister. And yep. so they're just one big happy and family. And then there's this kind of quad of filmmakers, really it's three of them. Yeah. Because the, one of the sisters... One of the sisters not interested. Right. One of yeah. the sister, the one sister was the one who was like, I want to make movies. And then the two, the, the, the husband and the brother were like, yeah, let's do it. And then so the other sister, the, the, the other sister on the other side is the one that's not involved yeah. um, from like the filmmaking perspective. Yeah. But so like... And everybody they, loves them. Yes. Like yeah. they, they talk about themselves as like a hive mind and they all, like they each have like their own kind of separate thing that they focus on. And it's like for all of the movies, like they come together and play to their strengths. And yeah, so it's super... Yeah, they're just adorable. I love them. Yeah. Yes. So, Wake Up. Yes. So, Wake Up. Um, very different okay. from We Are Zombies. All right. But, like, really, really good. Like, they're, um, so the premise is there's this group of um, activists that are breaking into a large, big box, build-it-yourself store. Um, mm-hmm. that rhymes with Shmikea. Um, <laughs> and they, they are trying to wake up people to they're destroying the environment, killing animals, all of these different things. Um, and they, they sneak in like right at the end of the night um, and hide while everybody else leaves. And then they're like, cool, the only people we're going to have to deal with are like the overnight cops who are probably already asleep or drunk. And so they go about doing the things that they want to do. Um, and one of the um, evening policemen, uh, uh, patrol people, is not asleep or drunk. Ah. Um, and in fact, kind of, he's a, he's, um, a wee bit 
out there. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Mm. So, there, yes. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so he starts to uh, attempt to, to bring them in, so to speak. Okay. From, from their shenanigans that they're getting up to. All right. Yes. Interesting. It is. Um, I really liked it. Um, it was... There, there were very, like, tense moments. There were very kind of funny moments. Um, it hit all of the things that I like. Gory, bloody. They're, uh, like, they have this one scene where the, some folks are coated in um, glow-in-the-dark paint. Uh-huh. And so, like, you're watching them move through pitch black and you just see them in in the paint and, and it, like, yeah. It's, cool. It's so well done. Um, I chewed... Probably like four or five of my nails because like I was like so anxious. Like that's that. Effective. If, if you can do that to me, that means that's a good movie in my book. Right. So. Right. You yes. were into it. Yes. You were into it. Yes. Awesome. Well, I just got out of UFO Sweden. Yes. Which is this very polished uh, Swedish movie, obviously, uh, about. Well, the setup is it's the the 80s, and there is this guy in his red sob uh, who is a UFO nut, and he's trying he's he's been analyzing weather patterns and oh. and figuring out that hey, I think these things are a pattern, and whenever uh, like the the weather is is. Like at, the weather service is getting it completely wrong on certain days, and there's a pattern to this, you know. And so he's trying to smuggle data away from the weather service, and he's got his young daughter in the car. Oh. And she is uh, also, you know, a very bright young eight year old or something right. like that. And uh, so she's along for the ride, and he gets. Uh, Basically, he winds up disappearing. Oh. He and his car disappear. And, uh, but the girl is still around. Okay. And so, many years later, she is now in her late teens. She is kind of following in her father's footsteps. She's kind of this electronics genius, and she's following weather patterns and trying to figure out these algorithms ah. where there's repeats. And she is trying to figure out what the hell happened to her father. Oh. Um, at some point, they, the authorities, in the intervening years between the disappearance and where she is at the current moment, they found the empty car in okay. some sort of weird place off yeah. in a remote place. Yeah. But nobody has figured out exactly what happened. And oh. then one day, another red sob drops from the sky in, through the roof of a barn. Oh, and it's the same car. And so, uh, you know, she goes in and, you know, breaks across the police lines yeah. and, uh, you know, goes, yeah, it's my dad's car. And then, you know, scampers away, evading police and all that. But she's been getting in problems with the police because she is a brilliant computer hacker, of course. Yes. So uh, she eventually falls in with the... UFO investigation organization of like five people that her dad was working with. Oh. And so she goes to them and she said, I need help. 
I think this is this is my dad's car and not what they found earlier. And then things keep spiraling. Yes. And um, it's the core theme is of course her trying to find her dad and 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 uh, forging these relationships with these other people in the UFO organization mm-hmm. who also have trauma because this guy disappeared. Ah. Uh, particularly one guy who was kicked out of the weather service for helping her dad. Gotcha. And he's he forms a bond with her like kind of almost a surrogate dad. Yes. And you know, there of course the she's she's also forged some antagonistic relationships with the police yeah. and, and so yeah. on and so forth. As any good yeah. rebel teenager would. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, the movie's really good with its characters. It's really solid and uh, it's a, an interesting little uh, little thing. Nice. It, it, it's like kind of like a Swedish um, interstellar in its own way. Oh, But it's okay. it's earthbound. Nice. Yeah. Instead of, yeah, spaceboat. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So I don't think I have that on my list, but I will keep an eye out for it. That's yeah, it's it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. Awesome. Awesome. So I think that catches us up, and we're yeah. about ready to go into secret screening number two. A you. great mystery will be revealed to us. We hope. All right. <laughs> and, dear listeners, we are back we just got out of the secret screening and the secret screening was dream scenario starring none other than everyone's favorite nicholas cage everybody's favorite nicholas cage as opposed to all the other nicholas cages in the world exactly yes yes and also michael sarah who is having a good year listen it also had a very brief moment of noah serrano which oh yeah i love him and the fu- <laughs> like there's the the dude at the end brad i love him too i don't know what his name is but i was mm-hmm. like oh hi i like him yeah it has He's a good adorable yeah it has a a very nice cast it's very a24 tim you know, meadows tim meadows yeah. was not expecting that yeah love that yeah a little bit of everybody in yeah there. um it i cannot remember the guy's name who directed it uh anyway yeah yeah he made uh sick of myself last year correct yeah but uh, it, it has a very, it's a movie that has a very uh, Michelle Gondry, Spike Jones sort of feel to it. And it, um, it is about, oh, Heidi, do you have his name? I, wait, of the director? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I was just going to say oh, yes. that uh, you said Spike Jones, and it's very much a Nicolas Cage adaptation sort of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it very much is. It very much is. And uh, <laughs> so it, the, the premise is that Nicolas Cage is a very kind of nebbishy, ordinary professor dude. Oh, oh uh, the director's name is Christopher Borgley. Okay, okay. Thank you, Heidi. Heidi is, Welcome. thank you. <laughs> Heidi's here, he, she's our audience. Um, so uh, yeah, Nicholas Cage plays this very nebbishy professor with uh, uh, a wife, two girls, and- um, Tenured professor tenured. about- He's an evolutionary biologist, yes. you know. And with pretty, a specialty in ants. Yes. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, I get that, but, you know, just kind of an ordinary dude. Yep. And uh, doesn't, kind of a boring 
person. Yeah. And then suddenly, a large population of the planet starts dreaming about him. And not like in necessarily a fun way. It's just like a, oh, I'm having this really weird dream. And suddenly this strange dude who I've never seen before is just walking past. Yeah, or like they're having a very stressful dream and he just walks past and doesn't help. Yeah. So, Or like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he becomes very famous in a weird mimetic way. And then the dreams change, and his life starts falling apart, and yada, yada, yada. And it becomes kind of this big allegory for cancel culture. and Right. The yeah. rise to fame, and then the impact on yourself and loved ones, yeah. and what happens at, when something goes wrong, mm-hmm. and apologies that aren't really apologies, yeah. and yeah. the downfall and destruction of you, and careers, and relationships. And all that stuff. Yeah. And it's the, you know, are you going to buckle down and and uh, put your foot down and stand up for yourself ad nauseum? Or are you going to meet people halfway if, even if you didn't mean to, you've traumatized them? Right. So there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. And it's a... I found it very interesting because it's a very well-structured movie, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for Nicolas Cage. This is like Nicolas Cage as Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like Nicolas Cage decided to be Paul Giamatti for a role, and that's pretty much what this is. And, uh, you know, I I felt it was good. There are issues in the movie I want to mull over a bit. I'm not sure I... Well, I don't think I loved it. I may have liked it. Uh, Barb has opinions. Please, please, please. I, I, I want to know. I want to know. Here's the deal. Barb normally doesn't have opinions on movies. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I have opinions on this one. I Please. I'm going to say it. Fight me. I don't care. I didn't like it. Okay. I understand where they were going with all of the allegories and the rise to fame and the fall and the impact and the yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But it just... I don't know. I can't figure out if it was striving too much and therefore didn't hit it or if there was still too much going on and they didn't... And, and they just fell short that, like... Yeah. I can't tell if, if they fell too short or, like, went too far, but, like, the spot that they were aiming for, they just missed it, yeah. okay. in my opinion. Okay. They didn't stick the landing in other no. words. Okay. No. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. It's also... Yeah. 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 Like, and I love weird Nicolas Cage. They're... Yeah. Uh, like, give me a weird Nicolas Cage movie just about any day of the week, and I'm on board for it. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. This That's just, fair. this just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, you, you're making me a liar because I literally had no. just said that I liked everything, uh, and, no. and I, I, knew, I, I don't. I know that's not true, but you're a very forgiving movie watcher. That's true. Movie watcher. I mean, this is a movie that is. I mean, I don't. I don't think it necessarily needs to make a stance on Cage's character and whether he's doing right or wrong. It's just kind of uh, delving into these issues and how people react to each other. Yeah. And um, I wonder if it somehow feels a little unsatisfying that way. Yeah. Uh, So I think part of it is, 
and, and I mean, I can normally get on board with like stuff that's really like I mean I, I saw a movie that was Falling Stars or Witches earlier yeah. this week like I, I was totally fine with that but for some reason apparently having everybody dream about the same person I just I just that doesn't like I can't yeah. that doesn't make sense like I just even knowing it's like a film like it just doesn't make I don't know I just it just doesn't make sense to me yeah I don't know I why get that. that's fine that's fine. And, and I think that's why I hit on the Spike Jones and uh, Michelle Gondry connection. Because, like, being John Malkovich, there is just a hole in Malkovich's head and people go into it. Right. And That still makes more sense to me, though. And okay. I don't know why. Well, I, um, in, yeah. in comics, I think it's usually called the miracle exemption. Mm. Like, you, you, you grant a layer of um, believability to... Superman can fly. Right. That's just the way it works. Right. But other things like the things in the real world that Superman interacts with have to still work in realistic ways or else it feels phony. Yeah. And um, even though there is only one miracle exception in this movie, you're not giving it the exception. I don't, yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, because... They haven't, like, established mind control or anything like that. I'm sure, well, I think the uh, director in the Q&A was talking about how uh, he was very interested in memetics, and they even touch on that in the movie and bring up memes. And uh, so as almost kind of a mass delusion of some sort. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, has some things. I think the only thing I really have beef with is the fact that Nick Cage is a scientist. He wants to write a science book. There's this amazing phenomenon happening that he is at the center of. And he's not writing about it. Yeah, he's not writing about it. He is not researching it. He, I mean, there's your gold, man. It's not the ant book that you want to write. You could write the ant book later. Right. <laughs> you got to... This dream thing that is the the height of your uh, of uh, your fame right now. That's a major scientific phenomenon. Why aren't you digging into it with every ounce of your fucking being? But I mean, that's not what that movie's about. No, it's just not. That's or maybe not... that's what it should be about. I don't know. Yeah, it, that would be a very different movie, and I think both versions in our heads. I <laughs> it's meant to be. Yes, we're on the street. Sorry about your muffler. <laughs> All right, so, so I believe we're probably done with that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so uh, Barb, we have one more movie today. We're going in to see... The People's Joker. One of those hallowed holy grails. So it was supposed to be at last year's Fantastic yes. Fest. but and it, it got pulled. Got pulled. Yeah. So, it's here this year. Yeah. Like, it played... Uh, Heidi, did it play at TIFF, was it, or...? It did one screening at TIFF for Midnight Madness, and then they had to cancel the rest of them because they had a cease and desist order from DC, I believe. From yeah. DC, okay. Comic. And, and or Warner Brothers. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So I am very excited to see this. Yeah. All right. So we will come back at you in mere moments with news about the People's Joker. And we are back, dear listeners, or rather, I am back because I am recording in my car at three in the morning somewhere in North Austin, but I have a job to do, and that is bring you news of what the people's Joker is like. And let me tell you, friends, this holy grail of a movie, this this movie that played once last year and then got the cease and desist, uh, and is now finally touring because the legal stuff has been cleared up. It is utterly fucking amazing. You know, it is. Ah, how do I describe it? So the whole concept is that um, it, this is a movie made by Vera Drew, who is a comedian, who is a trans woman. And she has basically made an, autobiographical uh, portrayal of her kind of coming of age as a trans woman and set it within the Batman universe. And this isn't just like Venture Brothers style, you know, aping Batman through other characters. This is straight up Batman. And I, and of course the source of the cease and desist letter from Warner brothers. So, uh, but the Batman characters are, um, they're used as kind of a collage. So they're not straight up, you know, just straight up Batman. It is Batman, but like with a funny mustache drawn on it. And, uh, and the Joker that Vera Drew is portraying is kind of a mashup of Harley Quinn and the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. And at one point she's dating another Joker who is named Jason Todd, but looks like the, um, oh, the, the goddamn Suicide Squad Joker, uh, May it go away. Anyway, but it is so well done. The movie is this, I use the word collage, and that is kind of the entire style of the movie. Every shot is kind of just this mashup of animation or stop motion or somebody moving an action figure in front of the camera or, uh, you know, a relentless use of blue screen and paintings and real locations not really very much uh yeah it's it's just a little bit of everything thrown together in a pastiche and somehow it all works and the somehow the artifice of all of the almost junk art of the look of the movie and the you know, surface structure of it gives a scaffolding to the the very, uh, very personal story that is being told. And it is fascinating and it is really fucking funny. It's, it is really great. So um, if you get a chance to see it and Lord knows, I don't know if it'll be coming out on a DVD. It, 
any point, but uh, hopefully it will hit some sort of distribution where people can see this. It is an extraordinarily, well, uh, it's an extraordinarily good, funny, uh, you know, kind of life-affirming thing, and of course, queer as fuck. So, um, dear listeners, if you get a chance to see it, please, please do. It is great stuff. One of the, one of, one of my favorite things of the festival so far. So, dear listeners, that is it. Um, I will uh, be posting tomorrow Tales from Day 5. And uh, please join us then for yet more news from F- Fantastic Fest 2023. Bye! Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.